<laughs> I have to make sure we stay on the beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, soft and sexy. Soft and sexy. Ah. Serve it. <laughs> and syncopate it. Syncopate it, indeed. Just start. Oh, okay. Just start it. Hi, everybody. Uh, well, 2X podcast episode 7, is it? Or is it? It's either 7 or 8. Well, you should know by looking at the download thingy or the streamy thingy, it'll tell you right there. So, whatever episode it is, this is it. Anyway, I'm Sean, and with me, as usual, is Lisa. But um, anyway, we kind of um, said we were going to have a special guest if all actually worked out properly. And believe it or not, all worked out properly. That never happens in the world of podcasting. So uh, special guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm special guest Carrie. Special guest Carrie. And um, just so we can uh, have kind of a, a calibration on why we have Carrie on a Beach Boys podcast. Just so you know, she knows what she's talking about. We don't just grab <laughs> random people off the street. I'm going to ask you something. When you go out performing, there's a song that you do, a cover that you do, that one time when you were singing it, your husband turned to me and said, every time Carrie does this song, Murray Wilson gets five minutes shaved off his hell sentence. <laughs> what song would that be? That would be I Live for the Sun by the Sunrays. It would indeed be. So there we go. Now, there's a reason that we asked Carrie to join us. And thank you for joining us, by the way. I'm so glad to be here. The reason is because it is the 45th anniversary of the release of that landmark album, The Beach Boys Love You. So what does that have to do with Carrie? Well, <laughs> what does it have to do with any of us? So... I will start off by saying that I don't care much for the Beach Boys Love You album. My father bought the 8-track of it back in probably 1977 or 78, listened to it once, and probably never touched it ever again. <laughs> so it's something I've always been aware of, but never cared much for it. But last summer, when SiriusXM did their Beach Boys channel, as they occasionally do, I heard a lot of Love You songs. I mean, I'm not going to change the station. There's there's a few Beach Boys songs that I will change the station for, such as Hey Little Tomboy. <laughs> I was there the moment you first heard that song, and trust me, it was not a pretty sight. Yeah, that is the but, stuff of legends. <laughs> but I mean, the Love You stuff I can deal with. And in listening to some of these things, it got me to thinking, oftentimes when you're a Beach Boys fan and you look at the vastness of their career and the many mistakes that they've made or missed opportunities, you kind of think, well, what if? What if they did things differently? And I don't remember exactly how this came together in my head, but I started thinking, what if instead of putting Love You out as its own album, because you got to admit, it's a Brian Wilson album, yeah, much seriously. more than a Beach Boys album. In fact, the album was originally supposed to be called Brian Loves You. I don't know why it ended up being the Beach probably because <laughs> the Beach Boys wanted to make sure their name got on it. Well, yeah. But it's pretty much Brian's show and the album. I mean, whether you love it or hate it, you got to admit it's very Brian. Now, speaking of love or hate, I noticed that you gave only those two options and I always believed that you either love the Beach Boys love you or you hate it. Do either of you disagree with me? <laughs> I disagree. Really? Okay. I do. And I know that's a really popular fandom opinion, but for me, it's just, it's okay. Well, that would be 15 big <laughs> ones, actually. It's no oh, sorry. <laughs> I see what you did there. Womp, womp. Um, <laughs> so I started thinking, what if instead of this album coming out as it did, 
with some songs that might be a little squicky and kind of weird and whatever. What if the album had been done in a different vein, in a collaboration with The Muppets? The Muppets. Because 1977 was a huge time for The Muppets. I'm not really into the whole scene. I kind of combine Muppet, like The Muppet Show and Sesame Street is all kind of one world to me. Well, they are one world. So, I know, but yeah. I know there, but there they are do people exist who, in the same. There are people who kind of differentiate the two. I, I kind of keep them all together. And I was a little kid at that time. So it was it was kind of my my thing. I mean, The Muppet Show was a big deal. And the cool thing about The Muppets and Sesame Street, just the brilliance of it is that it was made for not just children, but also adults. Like my father watched The Muppet Show with me and loved it. And there were many adults who were involved in The Muppet Show when they weren't involved in any other children's programming or child-focused entertainment. So I just got to thinking, what if Brian did a collaboration with The Muppets? And I even kind of took it out to it being not just an album, but a TV special. Mm-hmm. In it would 19- have to be that. Yeah. And in 1977. So uh, I wrote out some thoughts and Sean and I discussed them. And then I passed it on to Carrie and asked for her input because not only is Carrie a serious Beach Boys fan, but she's also a serious Muppets fan. So I knew she would have some interesting perspectives and maybe even thinking of things that I wouldn't have, you know, been able to come up with. And I no, love no that pressure this is, meant, but you're yeah. much more Muppet literate than we yeah. are. So. I was going to say, I love that this is my resume. It's, <laughs> she knows about the Beach Boys and she knows about Muppets. And that's well, really what I bring to the table well, in that's, any relationship. I think that's a very honorable resume. <laughs> so kind of the parameters that we set up for this is that this would be Again, thinking of something that would have been done in 1977. So we're talking about Muppet characters that would have been around at that time. So nothing like from the 80s, nothing from the Muppet movie, you know, but just characters. No fraggles. No fraggles, yeah. Which broke my heart. (laughs) I know, but well, also I never, like Fraggle Rock was a little bit after my time. Right. So that's I where never the age e- difference shows I never up. even watched that. I mean, I just knew about Fraggle Rock from the promos between movies on HBO. <laughs> and also when it came to any humans involved, it was people who would have been on shows in 1977. Because you had at that time, so many different variety shows and I mean, it was really it was really kind of a cool time that you had many different types of programs that even actors and actresses or other performers who normally maybe stuck with very dramatic things, they could go on a variety show and like let their hair down a little bit and do things that were unexpected. So I kind of kept it to people who would have been on this kind of show in 1977. So like enough of a name that they would be recognized somebody they can put in the promos for the show who would be a big deal so put both people who are established and also really like up and coming popular people i actually took mine a step further and i went only people who were on the muppet show and had proved that they could work with muppets interesting i wanted this to be good okay (laughs) 
That's another thing. We wanted to make sure we had something good to present. Because I don't know if <laughs> mine is valid or... For my human stars, I didn't really look up to see... I think some of my people at least were involved with the Muppets. But if not, they were in other things that would have... And, you know, that'll become clear once Muppety we get into... enough. Well, like Muppety other adjacent. other kinds of, like, fun programs. Let me just put out my list of... The guest stars, oh, okay. like the human yeah, guest stars, and there's other people that I refer to. These would just kind of be like the the core players who might be in little comedy sketches or something. I'm thinking Paul Williams. That's a given. Yeah, Rita Moreno, especially because she did a lot of you know she was on Electric Company and she, she was on the Muppet Show. She, was she really? Yeah. Okay. And Ruth Buzzy, <laughs> of course, gotta love Ruth Buzzy, <laughs> who also did a lot of children's programs i don't know if she was on the muppet show but i wouldn't be surprised if she was she was yeah madeline khan also on the muppet show (laughs) also on sesame street and steve martin me too (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean yes i know he was in the muppet movie later but still and also on the show oh okay i I really gotta watch those old muppet shows i haven't seen them since they first aired available on disney plus we did watch a few we watched a few yeah yeah Disney Plus isn't paying us for that promo, but if they want to. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, let's start with, because I just kind of went in order of the album. And by the way, I I brought us a couple of references. Uh, The album itself and uh, the Endless Summer Quarterly Edition from uh, 2007, Spring 2007, which focuses on that album. Okay, side one begins with Let Us Go On This Way. I see that as... Performed by the Electric Mayhem. Yes. With Janice singing the bridge and both Muppet and Human stars singing on the harmonies. I couldn't disagree with that. It makes it just makes perfect sense. It's exactly what I have. There's only one way to start it, and it's yep. with the electric mayhem. Oh, yeah. And Janice on the bridge is just gonna crush it. Well, I, I I think that was also a big part of me thinking Muppets that Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem could really do a lot of this material justice even more than the Beach Boys did. Yes. Because <laughs> this this album probably needs some justice. <laughs> Roller Skating Child. How do you make this song not creepy? Well, uh, well I, first what, of all... Whatever do you mean, Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> Oy, yeah, we, yeah. Some lyrics would have to be changed here. Like what? Uh, <laughs> It's so cold I go burr. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would say change the lyrics to make it only about a child roller skating <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with no other subcontext or hidden whatever. I remember on the Beach Boys channel this past summer, they had some really good little audio clips from Carney Wilson. And Carney talked about this song and talked about how she really felt like what she and Wendy felt like this was written about them because they roller skated every day. And of course, a child at that time, I mean, Carney would have been about 10 or nine or 10 years old. I mean, of course, a child is not going to get any other subcontext. So let's just make it about what Carney Wilson saw this song to be. And I kind of pictured I know when I was little, there was a Muppet who was on the on Sesame Street, but also on a color form set that I had. And she had yellow braids. 
Betty not, Lou. Yeah, Betty Lou. Not Prairie. Yes. I first thought not that was Prairie Dawn. Dawn. She's got the page boy. But Betty I looked up. I looked it up. And yeah, her name is Betty Lou. She had the pink face yeah. and the yellow braids, which of course, when I was little, I was like, oh, that must be me because I have yellow hair too. So... <laughs> So I picture Betty Lou with her braids with like ribbons in them. And she's just like roller skating around while the song is being performed. Oh, the song is sung by Scooter. <laughs> like just, you know, he's singing it while she's skating around. I can see him in the green jacket doing that. Well, you know, course. it's just so clear. Of course. I thought about Scooter for this one, too. And instead, I again decided like, make this as like, innocent and age appropriate and like who is the only age appropriate muppet show muppet who can sing this robin oh ah. and also anytime ah. you get jerry nelson singing his well, oh yeah see, yeah see and that's why i'm glad you're here because in discussing things we tried to come up with as many different options but we knew we would be forgetting some things and Robin, Rob, yeah, because Robin was on the Muppet Show. Yes. Yep. Okay, so that would have been appropriate for the time. Yeah, just the cute little frog. <laughs> and he's sitting off to the side. Yeah. And hmm. there's, yep. I love the Betty Lou visual. I was picturing just kind of an anything Muppet, but Betty hmm. Lou in particular is a favorite of mine. So just skating around. Yeah, I was kind of thinking just like somebody who would have hair that would be like in ribbons or something yeah. well yeah it's in the lyric well yeah assuming that's not part of the lyrics you change of course, yeah ribbons but, are know. creepy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bows. well you know if you try hard enough you can make anything creepy especially when you're talking about the beach boys in the late 70s uh. so okay so next we have mona and all i have written for this is cookie monster <laughs> Which I think you came up with, yeah, Sean. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember because we did this so long ago, but you're probably right. I think it's not so much the topic, but Mona, come, 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 come. That's so his style. Come, come, That's his style. Like, and of course, it could cross into like cookie references. Well, well it would have to be. Cookie. There would have to be I mean, some the kind song of cookie, might even, cookie, cookie The song might even just become about cookies and not about a woman. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe take out the reference to uh, Be My Baby and Da Do Run Run and Phil Spector and put in some kind of cookie stuff yeah. there. Now you're going to like those cookies. <laughs> well, I brought in our first human guest. Ooh. I was thinking, not cookie, but similar, because I was going for Muppet Show Muppets. But then I thought, why not bring in a human? And you know who would be really fun on this and would rock it is Elton John. Interesting. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm willing to stand up for that. I think he would be really fun for this song. And he would be ideal for this kind of show. And I he mean, was great when he was on The Muppet Show. Yeah. When he did Benny and the Jets with them. Like, that's an iconic image. Because he's one of those people who's basically a Muppet anyway. And I say oh, yeah. this as someone Especially who was a Muppet. Especially back then. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he could have been in the Electric Mayhem. Yeah. With all the no rhinestones and satin and oh, all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I like man- the idea of it being stripped down more to, like, piano. And, you know, it's got this good, like, driving rock and roll sound to it. I think it would be really cool and different than what's happening on the album yeah i like that so johnny carson well this is my first human star where i just see brian performing this at a big grand piano and the johnny carson would be like various muppets popping up from behind the piano 
Yeah, I feel like Muppets popping out and singing is like <laughs> the underlying theme. Oh yeah, behind. like I think it's a given. Got, Anything that is. I say, the Muppets are popping out and going. That, especially like the little weird ones, like yeah. that kind of spiky and strange. Yeah, you looking. can't have a Muppets thing without that. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, I brought in another human. I want Danny Kay to sing it. I looked at this list hmm. of all the people who were on the Muppet Show, and I was like. Who could do this and would be really interesting? Like, hmm. Danny Kay could pull something this ridiculous off and make you believe it. Would he be doing like fancy choreography? Oh my God, with of it? course. <laughs> Sean, didn't you say you wanted Johnny Carson himself involved? <gasps> I think with I this? mentioned that. I thought about that too. I kind of thought about that because, like, I'm kind of on two sides about this because, in a way, Johnny Carson, I mean, he was on different sh- like he was on Rowan and Martin's Laughing a lot. He did the the little fun thing on the Mary Tyler Moore show right. where he was in the dark and you couldn't see him. I mean, like, it's not like he was, I mean, he definitely was up for doing like fun little cameos. But at the same time, there was kind of a dark side to Johnny Carson where he wasn't always fun and he carried a gun and stuff like that. And his so guns threatened uh, Tony Orlando. Yeah, I'm sure they threatened a lot of people and he wiped Joan Rivers off the face of the earth. And yep. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. I mean, I would have liked to see him involved, but I pictured him being there for like half a second. Right. Like maybe just coming in at the end and giving everybody yeah. a weird look or something and not even <laughs> saying anything. Something like that. But also like when I would hear this song, I know we talked about this when I would listen to this song on the Beach Boys channel, I think to myself, okay, has Brian ever actually watched The Tonight Show? Because it's almost like, yes, the song could be about Johnny Carson, but it also could be about Dick Cavett. Like, yeah. it's almost like it doesn't feel like, except for the reference to Ed McMahon. That's the only thing that makes it feels like it really has nothing to do with Johnny Carson at all. You and almost want to think that maybe they did that on purpose so that if, if he was going to promote this somewhere, he could change it and drop in like different <laughs> Oh, kind of like my thought about Salt Lake City that the Beach, well, Boys, that's my thought too. The Beach Boys eventually would have done salt, like the same backing no, track about every like I major city. Like High School USA Mama was like Tessa. that. <laughs> Portland, Oregon will be coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it could go either way with actually having real John. Or we could, of course, have, they could have had like a Johnny Carson-esque Muppet. Oh, that too. Yes. That could have had mm. that too. Yes. I don't know. So, good time. Now, this is another one where we'd have to clean up the lyrics a little bit. Yes. I mean, good time, good time is, it's more sexy, innocent sort of way. It's a but, little less creepy than Roller Skating oh, it's, Child. <laughs> it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely not creepy. I don't think it's creepy no. at all, especially when you consider that when Brian recorded this song, which would have been in 1970, he was much better kept and <laughs> and pretty darn good looking at that time, as opposed to being all fat and hairy chested. <laughs> well, by the time they did the Beach Boys Love You, it slimmed down. But yeah, yeah, but he still not, he, he wasn't still real, had, real skinny. But you know, yeah, but you know, he still had and he had that beard and stuff. Ugh. You know, just he still looked like somebody who would try to lure people into a van with candy. <laughs> but 1970 it was a little more, a little more innocent. But still, the lyrics aren't necessarily child friendly. Because you'll do I a mean, dirty boogie. Do you really want like? 
a small child saying, what are falsies? Exactly. <laughs> you it's hear? about a woman who wore fake breasts. <laughs> Carrie, do your, do your preschool student voice. <laughs> <laughs> what are falsies? <laughs> Yeah, so we would have to clean up the lyrics a little bit, but I see Gonzo and his chickens. Yes, Gonzo and Camilla, 100% what I have. <laughs> Camilla sings. And maybe that's how we can get a- around some of the Oh, that's true. That's a, good, that's a good way to cover <laughs> yes. it up. Just have them chicken sung. <laughs> But yeah, Gonzo. They did this sim- a similar thing when the Chipmunks did songs that were otherwise inappropriate. They kind of cover it up with other things, you know, yeah, rather than change the what, lyrics. What inappropriate songs did the Chipmunks uh, do? Good girls don't, for one thing. Well, did I think they, they really? just skipped the dirty verse on that. Oh my! Um, in Lukenbach, Texas, in Waylon Jennings's recording, I think he in the intro they mentioned something about loose women. The only two things in life that make it worth living. His guitars are tuned good and firm, feeling women. And in the Chipmunks version, before they get to that part. Dave Seville gets a little blue. <laughs> so, honking down the highway. <laughs> That's another mainly Brian Lung. Brian. Uh, Brian Lung. That's, a, that's mainly a Brian song, song, but with Fozzie in the Studebaker. Yes, I love that and idea. With like a very obvious filmed background, you know, like where they're sitting in, and they could even at the end, the camera pulls away and you see that they're just in like the fake front seat <laughs> with the uh, screen in the okay. background. All right, so you were talking about having it projected. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking even cheaper. Like I know there was one Sesame Street thing where I could, even as a little kid, I could tell that it was just like two giant rollers with like trees painted on it and they were spinning around to give the illusion of movement. Now I'm thinking like how they would do it in the movies. Okay. You know, okay. The, but they're I in, think that'd make more but sense. But they're in yeah. the Studebaker. Fozzie would probably be driving since the Studebaker is Oh yeah. His uncle's car. Mm-hmm. You know, his uncle who's hibernating. Yep. Even though we don't know that until the Muppet movie, but still. Spoiler, come on. <laughs> Cause especially you gotta have gosh darn in there. Yes. It's so <laughs> it's crucial. Yes. I although I really hate to have anybody but Al Jardine sing that line. Yeah, I've, I've gosh got a good, darn is such an Al it's, it's super Al, but I think I've got a solution. Oh? I love the Fozzie idea. I did not give Fozzie anything to do because I couldn't find anything that was perfect for him. And that makes me sad. <laughs> but okay, have you ever seen any of the medleys that Julie Andrews and Carol Burnett did of popular songs? I did not. I think I have. I, I may have shown them to you. I may have linked them on Facebook. They are amazing and... The most like phenomenally like, like their uncool, specials, yes, right? yeah. yes, just profoundly uncool, just like Al Jardine himself. <laughs> God bless him. And so I'm picturing them, Julie and Carol, doing this as a duet because hmm. they're gonna pull off gosh darn highway like nobody's <laughs> okay. business. Okay. So look up. There's a '60s medley. There's a '70s medley. There's also a rap they did in oh the '80s goodness. or '90s about oh like being parents. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, god! When the world's too much and the brain's too full, and you had enough here with the high 
No. Moms, and we're here to say. No, 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 no. Do they think big brains are awesome? Big brains are awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my. Okay, that that would work, though. Oh, man. That would very work. <laughs> and they would definitely call out the gosh darn. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I'm picturing them in matching jumpsuits. Well, of course. <laughs> And I mean, I this is 1977. Roller skating for no good reason other than I want them like moving like or kind of like the like you're wearing roller skates but you're more marching yes. than skating. Yes, yes, the marching roller skating. Yes. And with the, like the jumpsuits would be it would be like the gaucho pants that yes. ended like right below the knee and you'd wear <laughs> boots. Oh yeah. There's a whole picture yes. coming into focus here. Oh. <laughs> Like very, very Brady Bunch variety show. Yes. Yes. I considered first Brady's, Partridge, hmm. oh Osmond's, and then I went, <laughs> no, Jillian Carroll. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Ding Dang. Yeah. This was totally mine here. Yes. Ding Dang. And I have my foot down on this. We're going to reach into the Sesame Street side of the Muppets and bring out the Zizzy Zoomers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be something totally bonkers. Yeah, mine just says all Muppets, just like the weirdest Muppets you can find, bouncing all over the place. Ding, bang, bang, bang. Oh, what about those yip, 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 yip Muppets? I was thinking the yip, yips. I was, I was thinking any kind of weird Muppet that they might have just lying in the back. <laughs> Ones they made out of spare parts yeah. and stuff. Like, we'll use this someday, but I don't know what for. <laughs> and like they're the just SNL Muppets. And they're just like throwing <laughs> exactly. them or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're just flying up in the air. <laughs> oh, and you know what? I just thought of this now. They could bring in, like, they could have a brief cameo from the Menomina. I was oh, thinking about yeah. them too. <laughs> Like, they could just kind of jump in and go, mana, mana, and then, like, leave. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I and like Animal that. would be all over that, I think. Well, Animal does show up Animal later. has something special to do for me, too. <laughs> okay. So now, side two, we start with Solar System. And this would be Ernie with a telescope. And he's basically teaching Bart. Uh, Bert. 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 Bart. Bert. 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 He's <laughs> Ernie with a telescope is teaching Bert about the solar system. I think that was your idea. Was it? I think so. I, I don't remember coming... Oh, I'll take credit for it if people like it. I mean, what mm-hmm. else, What else can I say? Um, the only thing is, if you really pay attention to the lyrics, some of the lyrics are not quite accurate, or they're <laughs> a little bit too specific. Like, the constellations are stars that form animals. Okay, Libra. What animal is that? Okay, there was a meme the other day that... Can I talk about fursonas on this podcast? (laughs) Talk about what? Fursonas. If you were a furry, this would be your fursona. Oh, Oh my God. Okay, so there was a meme that was like, your um, Chinese zodiac sign and your your sun sign are your fursona. And this does not work for me because I am a Libra, so I am a horse scale. And that's not sexy at all. Oh, good grief. <laughs> well, speaking of which, might as well mention there is an Instagram account of Beach Boys memes called What Do the Planets Meme? Yes, it's good. <laughs> we'll link it in the show notes. But 
do you really look upon Ernie to be completely scientifically well, accurate? That's, Bert that's would true. be correcting him. He probably Bert would, would be reading be, yeah. from an well, astronomy book be, and going like, okay, exactly. So maybe that's part that would be part of it. That, um, yeah, like, Ernie's trying to teach him. And, Ernie, that goes outside of the solar system. <laughs> I have a bunch of singing planet Muppets to sing the solar system part hmm. and the cast of pigs in space, because we haven't gone yet to any of the like regular features on the Muppet right. show. Ah. So, Ah, and also see, because totally Miss Piggy hasn't shown up by this point, you know she's going to like try and get in mm. <laughs> at some point. I have her doing something else too. Yeah, you cannot avoid that. <laughs> I know, but yeah, it's very of course. Smack myself in the head. <laughs> All right, the night was so young. Doctor Benson, Honeydew, and Beaker. <laughs> now that was all you. Do you remember what made you come up with that? I think just kind of the mellowness of the song hmm. and then with like the higher kind of the higher harmony part <laughs> like beaker would be like bee, 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 bee. <laughs> like he would just sing it in his beaker way <laughs> but also i love those two characters so they had to be there somehow i brought in another person because i always think the vocal sounds a little carol channing-esque and i love carol oh. channing mm. why didn't we think it's Car- getting carol channing i though? always That's think so about obvious. carol channing which <laughs> Reminded me that I want to make sure that if we have not shown you guys the movie Skidoo, that we will someday. Oh my. Just say Carol Channing in a bikini. Hmm. Oh God, who who did I know who saw Carol Channing outside a Broadway theater? We did. Was that? Did you? Yes, was we, that we us? stepped outside of Junior's in Times Square and she oh, was being right. interviewed. I have a picture of her okay. from that. Oh, that's amazing. And she was like 105 years old, but she was always been 105 years old. She seriously looked great. She was in a show yeah. at that's that so time. Cool. Yeah, it was, I think it was right outside the Schubert. Well, yeah, because the Schubert is right next to Junior's. Yeah. So you can always um. see stuff there. All right. I'll bet he's nice. <laughs> Before we go on, I just want to say everybody thinks about The Beach Boys Love You. The one beautiful song off that is The Night Was So Young. For me, it's I'll Bet He's Nice. <laughs> Take away the weird synthy production of it. That's a freaking gorgeous it is, song. It is a beautiful oh song. It is God. nice. And to me, it sounds, it sounds like there's things about it that sound kind of throwback to like Smile era. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it would have belonged on Smile, but there's some things about it that kind of are not very 1977. And this might have been just one of those things where Brian did reach back into the archives, either of actual recorded stuff or in his brain. It might actually date back that and just nobody knows it because it was never done before written down or anything. Hmm. But I don't remember if you or I came up with this, but this is done by Sweetums with <laughs> with the Swedish chef singing Carl's part. I think that was, that part was mine. Yes, I think. it was. Yes. <laughs> I can, that would work. That would work so well. <laughs> bork, bork, bork. God, Jim Henson's looking down on us or up at us. I don't know. He might have been evil. We don't know. And thinking, my God, why didn't I think of that? Exactly. But yeah, just this very large, hairy thing. Oh, bet he's nice. <laughs> I do have Sweetums coming in later. Ooh, good. I wanted some like repressed rage for this song. <laughs> I thought, who can do that really well? And I went for a human. Steve Martin hasn't been. Oh yeah, hmm. hasn't shown up yet. And I think he can. 
he could do the repressed rage and would he be all sarcastic and yeah, Steve Wo- exactly Steve sarcastic Steve Martin yeah oh bet he's nice <laughs> oh it'd be so good <laughs> yes I I agree with that all right let's put our hearts together oh now yes. here's where we bring in Kermit and Miss Piggy yes. Well, Miss Piggy sings Brian's part because there's more to it, and she's too much of a diva to yep. sing only a few lines. Yep. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And of course, when you think about the part that Marilyn sings, you could totally see Kermit doing that because yes. he knows that Miss Piggy is the boss. Yeah. Period. A million people are in the room. Miss Piggy's the boss. I yeah. like the Miss Picky and Kermit idea. I always enjoyed when there was a human guest on The Muppet Show and Miss Piggy like started to fall in love with them a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, who's a good crooner who could do this? And was also like amazingly kitschy and like really brought the weird in his own specials. And Andy Williams. Oh, hmm. Watch okay. his Christmas specials sometime. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That would definitely work. All right, now for, I want to pick you up. And this is also, you know, when you kind of think of the whole, I don't even know if this was something that was ever done on The Muppet Show. It was kind of a Sesame Street thing, but also thinking how this is done on Saturday Night Live. Just have like a film montage of babies. Yes. And I put, in this context, the song is totally about babies and nothing else. <laughs> and, and I think this is also another song that Carney Wilson felt that was about, like, yeah. her and Wendy. So, yeah, it's only about babies. It's not about wanting to treat a grown woman like she's a baby, <laughs> which is really, really weird. But, yeah, just kind of, like, thinking, like, the Albert Brooks kind of films from SNL. Mm-hmm. Just like a really cute montage of all different babies, all different colors, playing in a pool and crawling and taking naps and eating food and getting it all over themselves. You know, just like a really cute baby montage. Well, who would be singing it? Or would it, would it be just one of those generic, nameless... It would be Joe well, Raposo or someone. Yeah, well, no, yeah. I, I mean, I was thinking just... The actual track, you know. Oh, okay. The actual track. With Dennis and everything? Okay. Yeah. Like the actual album track would be over the film montage. Or 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 it could be like, again, Brian at the grand piano performing it live to like a projected film. It could be like... Carney and Wendy sitting by him. Looking adoringly up at their dad. (laughs) I went full on creepy and weird. (laughs) Which Muppet was Brian the most like at this time? Of course, it was Sweetums. Yeah. And I always think of Sweetums with this song. And I love the Sweetums-Robin dynamic. And... I was kind of picturing Sweetums and someone small like Robin, and he's like, I love to take care of you. <laughs> and Robin's like, ah. Okay, okay, that, I can oh, see that's that. that's so worse. That's a, that's a good little alternate way of looking at that. All right, airplane. Grover with the electric mayhem at the end. And Suzanne Summers is the girl sitting with Grover. Because you got to have Grover. That is a pairing I never thought of. I remember when we first discussed this, I was considering going so far as to say Super Grover. But that would kind of go way beyond the context unless you change the song completely. Yeah, Super Grover wouldn't be in an airplane. Super no, Grover knows be how to fly. Fl- exactly, yeah. yeah. Sort of. <laughs> I realized that I hadn't given Kermit anything to do. So I gave it to Kermit for no good reason other than Kermit. 
this is a song that I have no feelings about. And I realized <laughs> that while I was listening to the album the other day, like, I have nothing about this. I'd much rather hear Santa's got an airplane. Yeah. If, we, if we want to talk about airplanes, let's talk about the one Santa has. The thing is, to me, airplane sounds a little bit businessy. Not so much business business, but I'm flying and I have a specific purpose. Kermit yeah. would fit perfectly with that. Kermit's yeah. very businesslike. Mm. Kermit's got a lot to do. He's got places to go. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I got to throw a, a, this uh, shout out here. Uh, Want to hear a good version of Airplane? Jack Madani's version that he did on, I think, Net Sounds 2. Mm. All instrumental, very wrecking crewy, and it sounds really good. Yeah, that, that was definitely something people talked about at the time. Yeah. Oh my God, we're all we're at the end. All yeah, the last one, and I think I'm guessing that we're going to have the same thought. <laughs> so, "Love Is a Woman." I see this as kind of it's the last song. It's like the end of the night, the end of the show. Rolf is singing it Aww. at a piano in like a bar set. Brian sings on the bridge, so it's like late at night at a bar. There's only a few patrons left. Brian is is either like the janitor or the busboy or maybe even the bartender who's starting to clean up. So like he sings along like while he's working. And <laughs> this was yours. The count does a cameo <laughs> for the number part. One, and two, then, three. <laughs> and then She's at funny. the and then at the end. Animal chases Suzanne Summers across the scene, yelling, Woman! Woman! <laughs> and by the way, this is where I think Paul Williams needs to make an appearance. Like, even if he doesn't do anything, he's just kind of in the background or maybe also playing a piano. Well, or he could be the bartender. Yeah, kind maybe. of like, right. kind like of in the El foreshadowing Suzo. the Muppet. Oh, no, movie. he wasn't the bartender in the El Suzo. Um, uh, Jim Frawley was, right? I don't remember. Because Paul Williams See, I've was the piano player. I've seen that movie player. many times, but I can't remember that yeah, level of detail. Yeah, Paul Williams was the piano player, wasn't he? When I'm thinking he was. was. Yeah, I want to say that's right. And Jim Frawley was the one who said, oh, drinks around the house. And they all went up to the roof because <laughs> he knew that they would do that. I feel bad now that I didn't put Ralph in anything because he is one of my favorite Muppets. When I was a toddler, I used to play that I was Ralph and I would bang because, you know, <laughs> he just had the paws. So the piano <laughs> goes like this, bum, 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 with your hands flying up and down the air. I realize that podcasting is not a visual medium. So I, I will describe the hands flailing up in the air <laughs> and bum, bum. <laughs> but I just gave it straight up to Animal. I figure he gets about four bars in and then curtain falls down because or someone pulls him off the stage with a, a cane or something falls on his head and he ends <laughs> <laughs> because he you know love is a woman 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 and then he's done so he doesn't finish the song oh i don't think he finishes the song <laughs> oh wow so basically we, we only have a short bit of love is a woman then <laughs> oh man now, here's where I had to come in and come up with my own little addition here. To me, I think this works well, like with our idea, having a closing bar and everything. But since this is a TV special, you have to bring everybody back. Everybody who was a guest comes back and does a big group sing-along, a reprise of Ding Dang. I was about to say that. Yes, <laughs> yes. And one of the reasons that I use, I, I have that. I have an excuse. The cassette version of The Beach Boys Love You has Ding Dang moved to the end of side two. Hmm. Okay. I like so, that. Yeah. And when I first heard The Beach Boys Love You, and I really paid attention to it in 1994, 
it was from a library copy on cassette. And that's how it was arranged. So that's kind of what sticks out. It still seems weird to me all these years later, listening to the actual lineup and hearing Ding Dang in the middle of the album. What? What? No, this comes later. <laughs> did we even talk about that? Like kind of the big final I number I don't think finishing we did, which is thing? why I'm kind of bringing it up now. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I think that's the perfect way to end it. <laughs> wow. Good Lord, we're already done. I didn't I, I didn't think we'd be done this quick with three people going over 14 songs, but here we are. Apparently, we're very efficient. Yeah. <laughs> we put thought into this. <laughs> Unlike a lot of things that the Beach Boys do. Oh, come on. <laughs> the Beach Boys do, like how they were so thankful. The inner sleeve, you got a picture of uh, Brian and Marilyn. Brian removing something. You see like a little black marker drawn over it. Obviously, he's pulling a cigarette out. <laughs> we know that for a fact because there's another picture from the same photo shoot when he's holding a pack yeah. of cigarettes. To Brian, whom we love with all our hearts, we wish to express our appreciation and acknowledge your willingness to create and support totally the completion of these songs. We thank you for sharing yourself and your music with us and all those who love you as well. An unspeakable joy being with you in your expression of the music you put out there for everyone. Brian, we feel honored and grateful, and we love you. Carl, Dennis, Michael, and Alan. Oh, good I'm Lord. I'm sure they were sincere. What, There's no reason not to be. What sick leprechaun wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it always gave me such shags vibes. And for some reason, this was in my copy, too, and I have no idea what it is. Oh, okay. I got it home from the store in the 90s, and I was like, what the heck is this? this is how the, Rick Micka arrested for speeding. It's a little it novelty like newspaper yeah, thing. Yeah. So, Rick, uh, if you wondered whatever happened to that thing, we have it here <laughs> at 2NX <laughs> headquarters. taking good care of it. Yeah. It's more like that thing on the inner sleeve is like, Brian, please don't crack up again and right. go and like stay in your bed and not bathe for three years <laughs> please pretty please yeah and when i first saw that i was still of the mind of oh dr landy is wonderful he saved brian's life and he's why brian sounds so good on good time on this <laughs> and all this so yeah. this i was like oh you guys and i had yeah. just read wouldn't it be nice if it were my yeah. own story? And I'm like, God, these guys are such hypocrites. And now it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's naive uh, youngsters. Yeah. Well, okay. By the time they did this, was Landy already he had, kicked to the curb? He had just been kicked to the curb. Okay. So he wouldn't, he didn't have any involvement with Love You or. I think a lot of the songs came from the sessions that he did with Landy. Like when Landy would say, okay, I need you to write some songs every day, just about anything. Mm -hmm. Just Yeah, well, there's a lot of songs oh, that are well, about yeah. anything. Seriously, like, like <laughs> Mona, Airplane, probably yeah. Johnny Carson. This feels, in a lot of ways, like a February album writing month project <laughs> or a national solo album writing month project. Yeah, hmm. where you just write about anything and, and your goal is like, I'll have this many songs, I'll have 14 songs or... Which I think is actually the goal for February album writing month. I think it is like, you, you have 14 songs. Okay, I'll do it. One day it's going to be about ding dang. Okay. <laughs> and you're always like, well, the next day will be better. And it never is. And that's why I don't do those months <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, any of those kind of writing or like, um, oh, what's the thing? The cutesy name for November. NaNoWriMo. Or 
What does that stand for? It's National Novel Writing Month. Okay. And there's like another thing too, where it's like, oh, you know, you write this every day. And by the time the end of the month, you'll have a thing. And it's like, that's not how writing works. <laughs> I did um, my novel did start as a um, National Novel Writing Month project. And what novel would that be? That would be my novel Forward March. Funny, you should have mentioned it. It's available wherever you would like to buy a book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it did start as a NaNoWriMo project, but it took like nine years to make it it an actual book instead of just a bunch of words. It took nine Novembers and many other months. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how... That's how it is. Like, you don't, you can't just say, I'm going to write a song a day, and then I'll have 30 songs. And that'll be like, you know, out of like 30 songs, you might only use five of them, like, or or it's just like you write 30 of anything, or, you know, you write every day, some of it's going to be trash. Oh, hey, there's that immersion society, I forgot the real name of it, where they lock themselves in a room for like 10 hours and write something like 10 songs, and then they present them at a meeting at the end of the day. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, you just can't put yourself under that kind of, I mean, maybe just as an exercise, but I don't think that's very productive as a practice. I mean, like, I could see if Landy was getting at it to just get Brian into some type of work mode every day, Mm-hmm. as just like a form of discipline when he hadn't been doing that for so long, you know, or just, or, or maybe even like giving him a reason to get out of bed, like you need to do a song a day or whatever, but not counting, you know, not really saying every song is going to be brilliant and we're going to release it, but just more to get him into a work mode again. I mean, I don't know what Brian's work ethic was like in the 60s, but I mean, he was composing stuff all the time, maybe not necessarily every single day. But I mean, he had a work ethic and he was doing stuff. So I think Landy was probably just trying to get him back into that zone or maybe just writing every day would spark him and inspire him. But yeah, it's still going to turn out a lot of crap. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know, like, this could have been, this could have been something. It really could have been. I mean, especially because when you think about it, Carl is listed as the mixed down producer and he explained why he was credited as mixed down producer. Cause when Brian finished everything up, mixed everything down, Carl's like, this is not finished. So he had to come in and overdub some more guitar to make it a little bit more beefy. He supposedly came up with the ending of airplane, which you, I can kind of believe. I can kind of believe that they did that and then edited, edit, edit, edit. Yeah. Chopped it, pasted it on later. There we go. Yes. Talking is hard. But I don't care. I love the Beach Boys Love You. It is one of my top five. I am dead serious. It is one of my top five Beach Boys albums. And it's not something I would recommend. If if I had asked this recently mm-hmm. in the Two Next group and other forums, if somebody came up to you and said, I'm curious, I'd like to listen to a non-compilation, non-concert Beach Boys album, what would you recommend? I would definitely not recommend the Beach Boys love you. <laughs> I would, depending on the person. If it's a person Good that point. I know is like, you know, they've got their Shags records and their outsider <laughs> yeah. art collections, okay. and they're like, if you like if the you weird like the shags, stuff, yeah. oh man, are you going to love this? Um, I kind of mumbled earlier, like my husband and I kind of wrote, 
uh, you know, the shags say, like, the shags love you and love to perform for you. And it always makes us think of Brian loves you. And mm, that's like, Brian, we love you so much. And um, please never, ever go away again. Because <laughs> you are so great. And there's that, like, you feel like there's a gun to the person's back as they're saying, like, the shags love you. And the shags are like, yes, we do. <laughs> well, it's just like with any beach boys kind of thing there's like there's levels and oh yeah so i mean many. it's like when we when we put together a playlist for somebody who maybe just had like a passing interest in the beach boys what would you do and Ooh, it's like got those and kind of in thinking about that it's like okay i really love this song but is it going to frighten this person <laughs> like is this accessible and it's like when you think about the many missteps of the Beach Boys and bad decisions. It's like when they had 15 big ones, and I'm not saying 15 big ones is a brilliant album, but it was a huge hit. And it was an album that brought people into maybe even outside the album, the Beach Boys definitely commanded an audience during 1976, part of the whole bicentennial thing and summer. And people just kind of shaking off the early 70s and all the muck of Vietnam and Nixon and all this stuff and just kind of saying, hey, we just want to have fun for a little while, which was great. And it worked. Love You was not the album to follow that up with, like, because they kind of had people. And then I think a lot of them got scared away. Which it is was, one reason it's not hard to find this album in a oh used God, record no. store. <laughs> no, it is yeah, not. I believe I have several copies of it. <laughs> And I don't know what would have been the right thing for them to do. Maybe something more along the lines of like Holland. I mean, Holland isn't sun and fun and whatever, but the sound of it is still very accessible. And again, I wouldn't put Holland out in 1977, but I'm saying for 1973 to have a song about Zodiac stuff and um, feel, not feel flows. I was on a surf's up, but Like, the songs are very accessible, and I think they kind of lost that. Putting Brian in charge was probably not the best idea. Well, let me ask you this. What if this album came out, but with real instruments, with full participation from the band, instead of just Brian using synths? Well, I mean, it would have been better to have had a more band participatory project than to just be... Brian. Because it would have sounded more accessible, because, even if it was still well, yeah. weird as because anything. Because when... Brian only makes songs for Brian. That's right. true. And I mean, when Brian made Pet Sounds, Pet Sounds, fortunately, was accessible. But Brian only makes songs for Brian. So in 1977, he really was only going to make songs for Brian. And, and also his songs to get Landy off his back. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also in like 15 Big Ones was also Brian making songs for Brian, but he had more involvement from like, say, Carl. Maybe also Brian was kind of in this little 1950s bend, which worked perfectly for mm-hmm. 1976. So it's almost like the stars aligned. And what Brian liked at the time happened to work. But in 1977, yeah, it would have been better to have kind of Carl, more Carl involvement. And more Muppet involvement. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) More involvement by anybody instead of just letting Brian be Brian. 
But letting Brian be Brian brings you something that is very authentically Brian, and that is the charm of the record. Exactly. You're not well, lying yeah, there. But this you, is the most Brian you will ever But get. you have to be prepared for Brian. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just like how I've seen some discussions in various places about like Brian's book versus Mike's book. Right. And by Brian's book, I mean, I am Brian Wilson, not... Wouldn't it be nice if it were my right. own story? You mean the book, here is what I like about my chair. Yes. <laughs> I actually saw somebody argue that Brian obviously had nothing to do with I am Brian Will. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Who else would write about watching Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune and <laughs> and how much he loves his chair? And I know. And yelling at... Uh, Yelling, it was at Delaney who left her suitcases on the front lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and going on for 10 pages about Rosemary Clooney. That is so very, very Brian. It's authentic, mm. Brian. But you have to be prepared for that. You have to be ready for Brian. Like, if you want a more straightforward memoir, you got to read Mike's book, which does read like an actual narrative and not yes. just a bunch of random crazy things. <laughs> Like, it's not modular. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or it's like, it's not like somebody running after Brian with a tape recorder and, <laughs> and then like typing it all out and going, right. what the hell am I going to do with this? <laughs> I just picture Melinda saying, just put out exactly what he says. <laughs> just, just don't argue with it. Just, just record transcribe everything this. and transcribe it. Trust me, it'll be fine. <laughs> Maybe edit out some curse words and that's about it. Just some of them. Yeah. Like, you gotta leave in a few. Anyway, um, I think we're done, are we? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we. I, I'm gonna call it done unless either of you have any objection to that. <laughs> I have zero objection. Okay. On that case, uh, Carrie, thank you for joining us. Yes, and, uh, thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to plug? I mean, you're in, what, what eight different bands and you um, have all kinds of projects going 5, on. Approximately things going on. But people can find me on Facebook at Carrie Ann Farrell. That's Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y-A-N-N-E-F-A-R-R-E-L-L, because all of my names have to be hard to spell. <laughs> but... You can find me on YouTube, you can find me on Bandcamp, all kinds of places just by searching my name and find my music and find out what's happening next and find my book and all the other things that I do. Yeah, try not to be in a happy mood after hearing Angelica awake. Oh, thank you. That's from my band Danger Noodle. (laughs) All right. And um, uh, Lisa, do you have any projects you want to... Oh, I'm knitting a sweater. Yeah, we'll put a link to that but in the show notes. But that's not, yeah, that's, you, can, you can't put a sweater on Bandcamp. Yeah, wait, wait, the hosts can't promote themselves, I don't think. So yeah, yeah we'll cut that out. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that was Lisa, Carrie, and Sean, and uh, bye. Thank you for listening to the Tune X podcast. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or iTunes. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and just about every other provider out there. If TuneX isn't on your favorite provider, please let us know. You can email us at tunexpodcast at gmail.com. Our website, which includes the show notes, is tunex.fab4it.com. Fab4IT is spelled F-A-B, then the number four, then I-T. Feel free to connect with us on social media. TuneX is on Facebook, and we're also on Instagram and Twitter, both under the handle of TuneX Podcast. 
Our opening and closing theme, Melody 10, was written and performed by Scattered Frog. All other music and sounds used in this episode remain the properties of their respective copyright holders and are used for the purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. We'll see you next time, friends. Until then, don't don't back back down down from from that that wave. wave.